All right, so today we're going to look at Proverbs 22.6, which is train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Um, whether you guys have kids or no, you know, around kids, why do you think, in your guys' opinion, is it important to teach a child to put God first in their life? Um, I'll just go off of experience. You know, I was, I was brought up in a, in a Christ-following home. You know, and uh, church was a, a way of life for us. You know, we went Wednesday nights to Awanas, and then we went Sunday mornings to church service, and I went to my youth group, and then Sunday night we were back at church. Mm-hmm. And no matter how or where life took me when I grew up, after I turned 18, I strayed off the path, but just like it says, we come right back to it because we know it. Yeah. And the thing is, is I think, as children, we really, when we get into going to church and reading our Bibles, and I think the Holy Spirit really works through us as children and plants and gets his, his wants. And because like he said, he, he knew you before you were born yeah. and you're his child. Yeah. And I think as children, because we have such pure spirits that, God can work through us and speak to us easier than he can as an adult because mm-hmm. we have so many different out, outside influences. Yeah. But when you're, when you're grounded in a faith from your parents and you know it, yeah. it's real easy to fall right back into it because you already know it. And it's not, it's not a, uh, a scary place to be because mm-hmm. a lot of people nowadays you start talking about Jesus Christ and stuff and it's scary flow yeah. because as soon as that name hits off your lips and they hear it, it's almost like Jesus is starting to work in their life and they're going, what have I been doing? What am I doing wrong? Why do I keep doing this? What, you know, yeah. that could be just the simple, <clears throat> but I think with being parents and teaching your children that God's love is never ending and his mercy is always there and that Christ was, given to us through his father, mm-hmm. his only son. Yeah. And it's, we fall away from it, but we always know what we're doing. Yeah. We always know that it's wrong, Yeah, but you always revert back to what did my mom and dad teach me? Yeah. Well, they touched, they taught me to go to church and read my Bible and listen to the Lord. So then you go right back onto that path. Mm. And you know, like I said, some people, some people fall away from it Yeah, and they become so entangled in the world that it's hard to get back out. About you, Josie, from a Sunday school point of view or your own personal <laughs> point of view, I mean, why do you think it's important? Uh, I mean, first off, you know, kids are uh, malleable. You know, they you can teach them anything and they'll believe it. Uh, so if you're teaching them the wrong things, uh, such as, you know, today we got a transgender movement going on. Oh, yeah. And uh, so if you tell them, hey, you can you can be a girl and you're a boy then these kids are gonna they're just gonna have the idea like oh yeah sure of course you can why not that's normal i just got told that you know and uh i mean so these kids are whatever you teach them is gonna stick with them forever because you know at that young age you just you can be formed you can be pushed in any direction Mm. uh so if you're not pushing towards the lord then uh you're not doing your child any favors or anybody else's kid any favors Mm. And, you know, I, you know, just <laughs> come from my childhood, uh, watching guys that were older than me, uh, that screwed up in their life and, uh, came back and fixed it. Uh, watching people, you know, watching older kids, you know, do whatever they want to go do. It's like, oh, I want to go do that too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it just leads to, I don't know, deception. Yeah. It leads to more sin. You know, you go to think about the public school, you got all these kids that show up there. Everybody's like, hey, you know what's really cool? Girls are really cool. You know what's cool about them? You know? And <laughs> They're things, girls. Things, yeah. 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 yeah, you could be one if you yeah. want. Yeah. You yeah. yeah. like you more. No, at the end of the day, though, you know, just if you aren't leading your children correctly, uh, or, you know, children within our church and everything, uh, there's going to be a lot astray. And you don't want that to happen. You'll, no good for nobody. It's kind of like if, if we don't lead them, who is? 
Mm-hmm. Schools, so the world. Yeah. It's not the way to go. Yeah. We need to be the leaders for our children. And just like our parents could have been or could not have been. But, you know, the fact that, like I said, you're his child and he knows you by name before you're even even thought of. Mm-hmm. He knew about you thousands of years ago. And he knew this one person right here yeah. is going to be someone. Yeah. And if you're taught the opposite way of the world, yeah. now you're stuck in something that feels good, that sounds good, that tastes good, that you think is good. Yeah. But at the same time, if you were to have that little bit of God knowledge dropped on you when you were a child, rather than secular or world-based beliefs, there's where that gap meets. But even kids that were raised with parents that weren't believers, God knew them and they knew that they, he was, they were going to come around. Yeah. And it could be, I know a lot of kids that you see kids nowadays that parents don't even interact with them. So what do they do? They find it on their own. Yeah, man. And my it's guy, my uh, my good friend. He came to visit um, Father's Day weekend with his family and everything. And like, man, my dad did a good job being a dad and like forcing me to do shit I didn't want to do. Cause like, dude, the whole weekend, like, I'd be upstairs hanging out with all the adults, and then Nick was downstairs watching videos on YouTube. He's twenty six. Like, he's acting like a kid. Yeah. You know, it's like, he doesn't, I realized during the trip, I was like, they're not, they didn't do a good job preparing him for the world. Like, he can't hang out with older people. He doesn't want to. He didn't want to, he didn't come to the tattoo shop to hang out with me and the guys in the shop. Which, like, he doesn't have to, he doesn't know him. It's not like, that's a requirement, but like, they're all 35 and like, you know, they're older dudes. Yeah. It's like, he can't relate to them. He's just quiet. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to go play with my guitar in the basement again. And then come up to hang out with the parents at all. Like, we're all drinking, having a good time. Like, this is what adulthood is. You just yeah. become friends with your parents. It's like, do I want to hang out with my parents? It is boring. And it's like, then the parents, man, my dad was constantly, if there was guests over, it's like, get out of your fucking room, go upstairs, be social, stop being a little basement, going to generate. Yeah. And, you know, when I was 16, I hated that. I was like 18. I was like, dude, just leave me alone. I'm smoking pot with my friends. Let me do my thing. Yeah. <laughs> but like, because he did that, it prepared me how to behave in the world and how to act. And it's it's a real shame because, you know, maybe the kids just got to move out and go work out. But on the other hand, it's like not once. I'd be sitting at the table talking with everybody and I'd be like, dude, where the hell is Nick? What's he doing? And his mom's like, oh, he's just downstairs. Just watching YouTube. Oh, you took him on a hike. He didn't drink for 20 minutes. He's down for the count for the night. It's like, why are you treating him like a, a baby? Like, yeah. he's, he's a full-grown adult not being an adult right now. Yeah. And, you know, it's... Kids, I don't, know, I don't know. They need that attention. They need to be pushed in that way, you know? I don't know. My dad did a good job of that. He didn't, he didn't shield me from anything when I was a kid. He was like... I would say he was 23 when he had me. So, like, growing up, you know, he'd listen to, like, Rush Limbaugh or mm-hmm. stuff like that, and he'd get pissed off. So he would just... Now when I'm older, I'm seeing it. His friends were degenerates, too. They all did drugs and stole stuff and all that kind of stuff. So he didn't really have friends as an adult. So he would just vent to me about political things, or we talked about, like... I remember we would talk a lot about religion. Like, he would talk to me about, like, things we disbelieve, or, like, the Hindu gods and the Greek stuff and things like that. And, man, I was, dude, I was in kindergarten for some of these conversations. I was a little kid. But I I was able to understand it. And I feel like there's something going on right now where it's like, you don't, don't talk about politics with your kid. Don't talk about this with your kid. Don't talk about that with your kid. And it's like, dude, if he didn't talk to me about politics, I just would have been raised by the school system. Mm-hmm. And I would think what everyone else thinks. And I'd be like, well, why can't a man be a woman? Why, well, of course global warming's real. It's happening all around us. And evolution is infallible and you have to believe it. Yeah. But he sat down and he's like, no, like, they're going to lie to you. They're going to tell you things that aren't true. They're going to make fun of you for your religion. They're going to do these things. 
and I'm like in kindergarten, like, whatever you say, Dad, you say so. Yeah. You know, well, but then, it's also, you get to, from a young age, you get to learn through that and work through that. That's what it means. Like, I feel like this goes so much deeper than just teaching well, we're, about God. We're, we're um, children. It, the the influence that our parents have on us, you know, is either going to set us up for success or failure, mm-hmm. you know? And like you were saying, like talking politics with your kids, your kids need to know. Your they kids do. need to know what's going on in their country and the evil that's becoming on our country. Oh, yeah. See, and and, and it just keeps getting worse you know, and worse. Like- Everything's tolerable now yeah when it shouldn't be yeah and if we were to this country was founded on this right here this book yeah this is what our country was founded on yeah that's why everything is under god once you remove god from a country then you get perversion yeah you get sodom and gomorrah all over because you look at the west coast it's exactly what it is yeah sex trafficking children the Me Too movement, the LGBTQ plus A minus nine equals <laughs> idiots, um, the alphabet people. That's yeah. that's one of the biggest things. And the thing is, is society tells you you have to be okay with it. Yeah. But I'm not. You're yeah. not. You're not. You're not. Yeah. I don't want to push on my kids. So what am I going to tell my kids? I'm going to tell my kids, this is what's going to be thrown in your face. Yeah. And if you choose to believe it, you'll be part of the world, but you won't receive God's grace or his mercy mm. because you want to stay in the world until you turn away from the world and set your eyes on him. You're pretty much screwed. Yeah. It's just, it's hard facts yeah. and they need to be taught that. And if they're not, then they're going to be one of those ones that stray off into the world and hopefully they find their way back. But if you do your job as a parent mm. and teach them that God is merciful God is kind. God loves you always and will always love you, will always forgive you, and is the best friend you'll ever have. If you don't tell them that, how are they ever going to know it? But also tell them both the Old Testament and the New Exactly. Not just all yeah. God's loving you, love you. No, no, no. he's, yeah. he's, a, like he's, yeah. he's I told a jealous my, God. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a vengeful God, yeah. too. Yeah. He's not oh, just yeah. one, he's one set of gods. Real big on too, yep. and like, he's not just a nice person. You know, he's, I remember <laughs> no. with the gay, when back in Portland in like 2000, what for whatever 2006 we legalized gay marriage there i remember we'd see the stickers he'd point and be like you know what that means oh, i'm like first grade yeah he's like that's they're talking about like men married men he's like that's not right that's not yeah. good yeah. you know he'd see things that you like that right there you know what that is like no idea but he'd tell me about it and then i remember one day i was i was in school and my teacher was talking about how we should legalize gay marriage because there's no reason we shouldn't get married, right? And I went home, I told him about it. He's like, yep, that's what I've been telling you. They're going to tell you things that aren't true. Yeah. They hate this book. They hate Jesus. Yeah. They hate this country. They hate you. <laughs> Granted, my family came from a communist country, so there was never any semblance of, hey, the government's like, no. It's always like, they will kill you. They do not like you. <laughs> They're waiting for them to just... Put the shackles around you and yeah. get you. They don't like you. Yeah, so there was that. Yeah. yeah, it was very much. Well, yeah, he came from a communist mm-hmm. country, so it's like I remember being a little kid, and like we'd slaughter a pig, and be like, "You need to, dude." I was little. It was like you need to watch it die. Like, you, you see that, and you'll know. Yeah. And like we do that shit. We did that to like the little cousins. And the whole deal. So it's a different way, I suppose, of growing up, not being like born American. Yeah. But man, I see the way Americans are raised. I'm like, dude, you guys are breaking your kids. Yeah, you I have mean, to, you have like, to teach them to be hard, strong people who can see things that are rough. Like, yeah. this whole idea of, like, why well, don't want my kids to see, like, shield them from everything? Yeah, this is this might be a tough one for some of you who are parents, but, like, over in Coeur d'Alene, you have, like, crazy Christians and they'll hold up. Either they'll sit on the counter and scream at you about how you're going to hell, or they'll hold up abortion signs with like little dead fetus parts and stuff. My coworkers always get so mad. They're like, they kids just shouldn't see that stuff. I'm like, I don't see why it matters for a kid to see that. Yeah. They, they need to see it. Right. They need to exactly. see what's going on in the world and around them. 
you know, so I was talking to them one day. I'm like, you know, when I was a kid, me and my mom watched the medical shows. I'd see people come in and get cut open and we'd watch the autopsies and stuff when I was like, like some of my very first memories is just hanging out watching medical shows with my mom. Maybe it's weird, maybe it's not. He's like, no, Juniper does that with Caitlin. It's okay, so why is it wrong for a seat portion? He's like, well, that's a medical procedure. This isn't. And I realized in that moment that he wasn't upset with his daughter seeing the abortion. That's not what upset him. It upset him because he's probably pro-abortion. And his answer is, you know what? Juniper, you're eight. Um, so basically, you know how we tell you not to kick mom's tummy because you'll kill your sister? Well, really, until she's born, it's just a clump of cells. And some women just want to do Pilates and have drinks after work with their friends. So they just get it sucked out the vacuum and kill it. Like, that's what he has a problem with. Because he has that cognitive dissonance of saying... You know, but it's yeah, okay I to tell realize. your daughter you're going to get a baby sucked out with a vacuum? <clears throat> no, no, I'm, he didn't say that. Oh. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm like, saying <laughs> there's a cognitive dissonance where these people are like, well, I don't mind if my kid sees somebody who fell broke on a skateboard and he's all cut open. That's okay. That's medical procedures. But when they see the abortion, they're like, that's wrong. That's killing something. And that eight year old's going to see something, a little baby being killed. And that's how they're going to understand it. Because, you know, like, uh, what do they say? Honesty from the mouth of apes or whatever. They're going to see it as it should be. They're going to see it as murder. But the adult person now, there's a tough conversation to have with that eight-year-old kid. Because right now, it's not murder. Yeah. It's just a woman's right. Yeah. But that little kid only knows that I was in that tummy. And I was told not to be very gentle with mom's tummy because I'll hurt the baby in there. So is it a baby or is it a clump of cells? An eight-year-old can't get that. That's what they're that's what they're trying to hide from them because they, there's an active lie happening, you know. And all all that long-winded shit to just be like, my dad would be outright. He's like, no, this is what happens in the abortion. This is what's going on. This is what they're hiding from you. It's evil. It's wrong. It's bad. It's just a way to skirt responsibility. <laughs> and I remember he used to tell me that stuff like really young. And it stuck with me, you know, because I got to grow up thinking about it. Like, wait, that's wrong. That's evil. It's not a good thing. Looking at, looking at the verse here, um, I want you guys to say, uh, David Gusick said there's, David Gusick said that there's two senses that, as you train a child, that they have. Uh, the sense of the Hebrew, the way he should go, speaks to the child, indivi child's individual way and inclination. He speaks of it as starting the child's strengths and weaknesses and parenting in a way that takes those into account. Um, the book of Proverbs often presents the concept of the way being the path of wisdom and life in contrast to the way of folly and destruction. What you guys are saying is making sure that we teach a child the way they should go. You know, not, don't, every single way, the good from the bad, this is why you choose this way over this way. I know growing up in my, my life with my mom, my dad, they had alcoholism up every single generation after my parents. And there was a day somewhere after my mom and dad became Christians that they had to pray against the alcoholism. And I asked my mom, why was it, why was it so important for you guys to set that standard? Like put God first. But she said, well, we went to Egypt and we didn't want you guys to. And it's just like you guys are saying, I'll agree with what you guys are saying. It's like, I'm making you sure your child understands. This is why the world is evil. This is why the Bible is good. This is why God is good. And this is why we need to put God first in our lives. Um, to avoid the thorns and snares that we have to guard our souls against that. Um, how has your guys' relationship with your parents affected your walk? I'm sorry with Cody, because Cody's really quiet. <laughs> You're just sitting over there just like looking around. How is your how is your how is your relationship with your parents affected where you are now? Um so my father was an ordained Assemblies of God preacher. He never actually he was an, more of an elder, but he was uh, ordained by them. He was also ordained in the Christian Missionary Alliance. Yeah. Um, so very much growing up, it was the, you go to church on Sundays, you go to youth group on Wednesdays. Um, and 
until I was in my 20s, kind of, that was that was the thing. And then I kind of got into the world and into working and kind of <clears throat> took a little break. And God showed me something that I was not ready to see at the time. Mm. And now mm. I understand better what what the purpose of it was. So yeah. okay for that. Um, but ultimately, kind of, like like it says, they'll return to the path that they know, that, that, yeah. that what is good. And see yeah. everything that's been going on in the world, like we've been saying. Yeah. <clears throat> Children definitely need a strong base yeah. and, and knowledge of what is right and what is wrong. Absolutely. I know that my daughter, eight years old, is teaching kids at daycare and at school about Jesus. Yeah. I'm just like, what? It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, I was like eight years old. I was still worried about playing with G.I. Joe's and Legos and <laughs> and watching, you know, Transformers on TV, you know, and I'm watching my daughter ask me about how do I minister to, to adults older than me? How do I? And I'm just like. Slow down. Like, Slow yeah, down. Well, Don't grow up. Yeah. It's just, like. Chill. I appreciate it, but it's like, dude, like, <laughs> that's awesome. I was, I was, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, where, like, I don't, it makes me proud, like, where, like, where, where, because, like, the biggest thing for me, and, you know, it's going to discuss this later on, but I might as well do it now, is, um, when my daughter was born, my buddy Seth at the time asked me, if your wife and your daughter died, what would your reaction be? And I'm like, well, I mean, it'd be tough, obviously. He's like, you are, I mean, I watched the video on this, but he said, basically, you are entrusted with the life of your daughter and your wife. Their lives are not yours. They're not yours to direct, to guide, to whatever. They're, your job for them to, while they're on this earth is to make sure they make it to heaven. That is your job. You know, obviously, you know, we got, you know, the Great Commission, go out to all the world and preach the gospel, but... It starts from home first, and that's one thing I've lived by. Is like, but to hear my daughter, my daughter say stuff like that, it's just like, you didn't get that. I mean, I didn't, I, like, where did I'm like trying to ruin my memory? Where did I tell you that it was okay to start doing that? Like, that's, I'm like, dude, like, wow, caught me off guard. But that's also God working through you and your wife, and yeah. now working through her, which is, I mean, eight years old, and just testifying God's love. Yeah. That's, uh, that's powerful. Especially yeah. when you see this eight year old little girl come walking up and tell you about Jesus to an older person, watch the reaction, watch the heart melt in yeah. that person. Well, like Jesus was the one who said, you know, yeah. if we could empower our kids to freaking just love Christ the way we do, even though we didn't do it like our parents said, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. but, the more kids, like when we had that baptism, how many kids were there was probably the, I think my favorite part of it was seeing all of those kids get baptized. It was like, <laughs> yes, yeah. finally get to see this. Because yeah. all you see is girls want to be boys. Girls not knowing if they're girls. What is a girl? What is a boy? Yeah. You know? And then you see these kids that are just on fire for the Lord and they're but 10 years old eight years old it's like yeah. wow if he can work that way through a child through their parents and that's just what he tells us to do i mean yeah. we can only guide him for so long but like also in the verse it says and when he is old it doesn't say when when he's old yeah that could be from 18 to 90 but you're always going to return to that path because <clears throat> When you were on that path and your parents told you about this path that they wanted you to be on, I'll tell you, it was a lot easier on that freaking path than the path I took. Guaranteed. Yeah. The path I took just led to despair and destruction. Yeah. My parents had me on the right path and I was basking in the sunlight of the Lord and yeah. having a great time going to Awanas, going to Awana Olympics, doing this, doing that with the church. And then you get older and it's like, eh, I'll go play <laughs> this way. Yeah. And it never works out. Yeah, you always right. end up back in yeah. the grace of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that, like me, like growing up, I was, you know, grew up in the Christian household. Went to, I didn't have a Wanas. I had Royal Rangers. Yeah. That was same, what I had. Same stuff. And yeah. like I, that's, I grew up, you know, Christian household. Went to church every single Sunday. 
if you didn't go to church, I remember one memory that I had. Son killing you. Yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All I can do is uh, the glory of God's light. Boom. Uh, <laughs> God's light shining on the Bible. Uh, I remember being going home, even if we, even if we didn't go to church, sat down on the couch, and my dad had the Bible. My mom said, do you remember when you were a child kneeling down on the couch and praying with your dad before bed? That was how I grew up. Like that was how it was, and like just like you were just talking about Paul. But somewhere after high school was over, I went to Germany. I was like, "Hey, this this world is kind of you know it's kind of nice over this. This looks easy way, you know." Started drinking alcohol, started doing drugs, you know. Lost my virginity when I was virginity when I was in Germany. Um, the girl that I was that had done it with sent pictures back to my parents. They destroyed them. Didn't let me see them. You know, stuff like that. And and my mom was like, you guys took your own path. But you ended up, like for me, it took me a while, but eventually I came back to where I'm supposed to be, where I should have been from the beginning because of my parents not allowing me, teaching me the way it should, I should be, what the foundation should be. I regret those years I've lost. I wish I could go back. But my mom even said, you know, no, it's okay. It's not, you know, you shouldn't be living on the past mistakes. You learn from those mistakes and become better because of it. You aren't, I'm not here because of. You're the person you are yeah, now because, because of, of the mistakes I made. Yeah. Yep. And that's. Ecclesiastes where it says like, um, it says like, go out in your youth and do everything and rejoice in the world. But remember, you're going to, like you're not the answer for what you did even as a child. Hmm. It's kind of like that's what that is to me. Where it's like I feel like God kind of understands the world we're in, the temptations we face, and whatnot. And I I feel like that verse kind of is is that where it's like yeah you might not be literally young, but like in your childhood of faith you kind of go out and you do things wrong, figure things out, you like oh. That's why you don't do things that way. Oh, I get that. That's why you don't do things that way. And you end up coming back to it. Granted, if you're built good with faith and all that, obviously. Yeah. But that's what you reminded me. That's reminded me of. It's like that going out as a child and experiencing the world, kind of realizing what works and what doesn't. Yeah. You have a good backbone to work with. Yeah. And God tells us to have childlike faith. That just Mm. explains it right there. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're brought up putting your kids' eyes towards the Lord, it's going to be up to them because of free will. Mm-hmm. And you can set the the basis of their. I can't say belief because it's their own belief, yeah. but you can set them up for either failure, like I said, or success Mm -hmm. and as long as you instill that in them early and doesn't mean they're going to stay that way but the basis is set that's the whole key once that base is set and they've been going through it and they go through the same motions every week with you it's hard to stray away from it and stay away from it Mm -hmm. because you know what at one point in time, you're going to feel God's grace and mercy and want to come back because, like, for me, I should have been dead more yeah. times over than not. Yeah. But yet I'm still here by the grace of God. Hmm. That's what brought me back. Yeah. Because you know what? He shook me enough to where he's finally saying, hey, you wake now? Yeah. Because I have something bigger for you. So either you need to get here or you're going to die in the world. Yeah. And since then, it was back on the right path that the parents started me on. Yeah. You're always going to stray. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say everybody will stray, but as this world gets more perverse and diluted and just crappy, it's harder for kids to know Christ because it's such a secular... You walk out the doors and it's all secular. Oh, yeah. You know, the rainbow was... A sign that God would never flood the earth again. And now it's a he, her thing. Yeah. Well, think about um, the 
Jesus' parable with the sower and the seeds, you know, um, in a way, like, you as the parent, you're responsible for building the soil or the rock that your kid's faith is going to be built on, right? Yeah. Like, as a kid without good teachers, it's just sand. They're just building a house on sand. That's what we're all doing at first. Without that good... Not like it can't happen, but without a parent to turn that sand into a rock, then you just get lost with it, you know? I feel like that's that's kind of something I'm putting together as we're talking about it, you know? Like, you know, you, you're... Because I, I can say from the way my dad did, he built my foundation to understand, like... Dude, I mean, just the fact that... Jesus says, like, you're going to be hated because of me, like, the world hates me. That in itself should be enough to teach a child, like, when you go out to the world and everybody makes fun of you for being a Christian, that's proof of God, right there. Everybody hates you because of them. Not like they hate you and want to kill you, but it's like the jokes, it's the way the media talks about it, it's all that. It's like, you know, that should teach you. But if someone's got a foundation built on sand, they're going to be like, well, no one else believes it must be easier or not. Yeah. Rather than looking at, like, it, it's already said that people aren't going to like it. Yeah. People don't like being told to deny their inner nature, you know, which is what the Bible tells you over and over yeah. again. So Deny yourself. Um, yeah. What was that question that you asked? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, we're hitting every. I mean, every question. I mean, your relationship with your parents. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm looking through my notes and some of that. Obviously, studying how two children are not the same. You know, making sure that we show them the way. Uh, literal uh, rendering in Hebrew once answers: train up a child according to his way. And every child there are special and peculiar powers. The true business of training a child, therefore, is of discovering what those powers are. And developing them. You know, no, no two children are alike. I mean, you know, you have more than one kid. I have one child. You know, you got the kids that, I mean, no child of your own, but you have your nieces and nephews. You have children. <laughs> yeah, you have nieces and nephews yeah. too. I mean, growing up, you know, before I had Isabel, I had my nephews, you know, Sam and Brady. Just because they're your nephews doesn't mean you ha- don't have a direct effect on them. Uh, just because you go to Sunday school doesn't mean I mean, obviously, you know more than I, just like I do. Not every, every, not every kid that comes into Sunday school has the same personality. No, 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 no. not even close. <laughs> not even close. So it's like, you know, looking at that and, and understanding that your job is to make sure that they understand the message that you're, that you're teaching, that they take something away. That's not all just fun and games and, you know, here's this really cool, here's some fish in the water and we're going to talk about something random. You no, know, it's, here's the Bible. This is this is why it's important. Um, I also think that when you uh, in training up your kids, there needs to be discipline yeah. because as a Christ follower, there's always consequences to your actions. Yeah. If you've noticed, oh, yeah. we all know. Oh yeah. Even when we strayed away, there was always consequences. Oh, yeah. And they were pretty crappy. Oh. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> but that's what happens when you fall away from God's freaking grace. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that's what brings us, a lot of us back yeah. is because he's going, all right, here's this one. Here's this one. Is that enough for you? And he'll just keep stacking them on. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Yeah. Are you going to come back? Yeah. And then there's that going to be that one that hits home and you're yeah. like, skirt. Yeah. All right. I'm done. <laughs> I'm like tired. I'm, done. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, this hurts too much. Yeah, God. right. I, like I broke my back six times now. Um, I think I'm ready. <laughs> this hurts too much. I can't, yeah. I can't do it anymore. I'm tired of going through it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. doesn't mean that you're not going to go through it as a yeah. believer. Yeah. You're going to go through more as a believer, but it's not going to be that painful. Yeah. It's gonna, and it's going to teach you learning lessons too. It's going to yeah. teach you give you lessons as you get closer to Christ because he's not going to make it easy. It is easy because we have him, Yeah. but he already knows the world's not going to make it easy and they're going to make it as hard and as difficult as they can for us. Oh yeah. And that's the best part about it. Cause you know what? Go ahead. Kill me. Kill me in the name of Christ because I'll be rejoicing with my heavenly father. 
soon as you kill me. Yeah. I'll be back home. My true home. Yeah. The best thing is, you know, counting, making sure that every single moment that I have while I'm here is, even if I drive home today and I die in the fire, car crash or whatever, that my daughter knows who Christ is, why it's important, what the foundation is, that it's not, it's a rejoicing moment because of everything that dad did for me up to that point. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she knows where dad is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's probably one of the biggest saving graces when my mom passed is, uh, everybody was like, how are you, how are you dealing with this so well? And I'm like, I'm not, yeah. what you don't see on the inside going on doesn't, you know, you don't know, Yeah. but my saving grace is I know she's with my heavenly father and I'll see her again one day. That's the only saving grace I have. And you know, I know she's looking down on me. I know she sees me. You know, like that day when we all got baptized, I would have loved for my mom to be there. But my dad kept reminding me, she's here. She's rejoicing. She's clapping. She's having a great time. You know, and just knowing the fact that my mom is that happy in heaven for me because I came back to where she first taught me to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. Pilgrim's Progress. Right yeah. <laughs> Read Pilgrim's Progress. There's a part where Christian. Uh, walks over the stream of whatever it's called and on the other side his mom is waiting for him on the other side and then you know that you know that when you got baptized you know angels sing when you get saved you get baptized I'm sure there was even more of a party in heaven oh, yeah. for everybody got baptized so it's like <clears throat> you know those people are waiting but they're watching and you don't think God's like oh look mm -hmm. and obviously when we go there we're not going to know you know one from the other but you know God's going look your son's getting back to us. Look, your yep. you, your your daughter's choosing the right path. Yeah. So. Well, you'll know him as somebody that was significant. I think I believe that when you get to heaven, you're all going to be brothers and sisters in Christ. But you're going to also, I think, your certain people will have a different. I, I think that you'll have a different feel for that person like they were somebody in your life that was you know, like your mom, your dad, your yeah. sister, yeah. you know, yeah. someone that was influential in your life and in your earthly family, I guess you could say. Yeah. But you'll know them as a sister or brother. Yeah. But you'll have an, a sense, I think, of, of them being of importance in your life. Yeah. Some sort of significance. Um, I was just watching a, a video on this, or not on this necessarily, but they were saying how, man, I wish I pulled it up, but somewhere it's like Galatians or Ephesians, it says how we're going to know, like we're going to remember each other's lives and what we did for each other in heaven, on earth. It also says how the people in hell are going to realize and they're going to notice all their sins. And they're going to know what they did wrong. They're going to wish that they could go and tell their families to change. And God's not going to let them. So yeah. it's an interesting thought. Like you yeah. said, well, how, how we'll know and yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's all very interesting. Right. Wasn't there, Abraham, there, was a, wasn't there a parable of Abraham? Abraham was walking with God and then the rich man who was in hell asked for Well, that's Lazarus. Lazarus. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is a... Well, I'm just saying that the say people are going to be like, yeah. Spot, yeah. I was just, it was a YouTube video and the yeah. YouTube pastor was talking about over here it says this and this and then Jesus says this about yeah. Lazarus and all that kind of stuff. So, and yeah. you know, all those different things and, and Lazarus one kind of yeah. well, and still where it's like, yeah, yeah he's going to know what he did wrong. He's going to say, let me go tell my friends. And, yeah. and it's going to be too late. You know, he's living forever in regret. The book to know and he didn't know. Yeah. Well, just like living, living forever in regret. Like, mm -hmm. you know, that's what they're, that's what, what's waiting for those people. It's like, I had the opportunity to tell someone about this place. I doubted it the entire time. And now it's too late for me to go back. And some of my dad would explain how it's like, because I would say like, well, what if someone's like been their whole lives and just didn't believe Like they didn't have a chance. And my dad was like, how did they not have a chance? Did you know it. Yeah, you, cho you chose not to. He's, he's like, you're in elementary school, you tell your friends about you this. Like, so right there, that was their chance. And yeah. they turn away. I was going to say, you had, what, 80 years to figure this out? And yeah. Every time someone said something, you said, oh, no, it's silly. Yeah. You've had your chance. Uh, but then, you know, when you're, again, when you're a little kid, you hear that. 
it forces you to see it a different way, but it also forces you to see it, I believe, in a clear way. Because I really do think kids see things a little better the way they actually are. Oh, yeah. You know, they have such an innocent mind. They're like, well, what you did is just me. Pure yeah, like, well, yeah, exactly. It's like, well, no, not really, because of this and this and this. Or like, man, but you still screwed that guy over. Yeah, well, it's like, like, <laughs> yeah. like sarcasm, for example. And they have no filters. Yeah, Sar- exactly. Like, That's what I'm saying. They're like, you, you know? did that. Yeah. You're like, what, what? oh, you just called me out. Sarcastic. Dang. Like, talking to my daughter, sarcasm. I can't. I need yeah. to stop doing right, that. Right. My wife points it out all the time. She's going to be coming. And my back daughter to you. will say, well, my daughter will say something, and I'll say something sarcastic, and she's like, and she takes it literally. She's, and it's like, and it's like, I can't, I can't do that because right. my daughter's. So, like you said, like you were saying, just like you spoke wrong against me. Like you're a bad person. Yeah. What you said is incorrect because that's how a child's mind thinks. It doesn't know. Yeah, it doesn't know good from bad, right from wrong. It's what you tell a child is what they're going to take in their brain. Like, you hate me. You don't love me. You know, you can tell them, I love you a million times, but it's that one time you say something out of a sarcastic attitude, and that's what they take away. Yeah. Well, this verse, too, that says, train up a child in the way he should go. Yeah. That's not saying because you're teaching your kids about Christ that they're going to stay on that path. You're just basically pointing them where they should go. It doesn't say where they will go, where they should go. Yeah. That's the whole part of free will. Yeah. Because they're going to pick their own path. Our job is to instill not just the fear of God, but the love, the mercy, and the grace that he gives. But you also got to let him know he's a vengeful God yeah. and he loves his children. Yeah. And when things start happening to his children, he can be <laughs> become very mad. And it's one person you don't want to get mad at. Yeah. because once it gets to a certain point, he's going to be, I'm done. This is it enough. Yeah. This is too much evil. Our kids are being killed, sold, whatever. And it's, it's enough. Yeah. And it's going it, to, it's going to come to fruition, dude, and people are just not ready for it. Yeah. Listen to you, John MacArthur says right here, parents must insist upon this way, teaching God's word and enforcing it with love and discipline consistently throughout the child's upbringing. Discipline. Spare yeah, the rod. Spare the rod, spoil the child. child. Like, you look at these kids nowadays, we're on, like, your friend. I was going to say that earlier. Who, who's, on the, who's on their cell phone. Don't like, oh, he's, just, he's fine, he's downstairs. Like, no. You're when, I, when I was a kid... We didn't have cell phones. We were outside all the time. And you look at the kids nowadays, the reason they are where they are is because you allowed yourself to yeah. one time, one time, it's, oh, it's okay, you know. Man, something other thing that blows my mind is crazy to me. My cousins beat the shit out of me, man. They beat the shit out of me. My cousins would hold me down and force feed me grass. They, like, hold me down in the snow and with skiing, like... All my cousins were mean to me, not in a way that, like, I only have one cousin that's actually an asshole about it. We don't like each other. Yeah. <clears throat> but man, with my little cousins, I am the same age. I should be wrestling them to the ground and feeding them grass and just smacking them. Or like my cousin did one time, he walked over just to do a pile of dirt in my dinner. Like, we were having a party, just walked over, and with a handful of dirt, just dropped on my plate. <laughs> 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 Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the cousin that I don't like. Yeah. Uh, so, shocker, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. But, gotcha. dude, that cousin has a daughter. He won't make his daughter hug people that she's not comfortable with because that reinforced rape culture. And it's like, what the fuck? Sorry for my French, but what the fuck happened to this world where, like, I got the shit kicked out of me when I was eight years old by a 25-year-old. And if I was looking at your daughter the wrong way, you'd get up and get all huffy and puffy like I'm hurting her. Like, something's wrong with the world. Yeah. I'm not saying you gotta go beat the shit out of all nine-year-olds on the playground. Probably. I'm just saying... Maybe a little bit of hard shit isn't that bad because yeah. I'm looking at the world and I know I grew up, I was born in 96, so I grew up right at the split of where all this stuff changed. I have to help kids who are like four to six years old because I went to skateboard and BMX, yeah. so those were the kids 
at the skate park, kids in my grade were typically playing video games. So I got to grow up like, luckily, with the generation right before me that actually did things and had hardship and understood, like, you know, you want to go skate that school stair set, you're also going to get chased by cops when they finally come around, yeah. you know. Let's do it. Let's take your arm. It's okay. Yeah, like, we grew, we grew up next to this place called Pogo Hill, almost slept, and we go up there when we were in, like, fifth grade and just go rummage through their camps and, like, take knives shit from them. But like one time we got chased out with the guy with the machete. We were in fifth grade. And then our answer, our our fix was, well, we just stole hatchets and machetes from our parents and then kept going in the mountains. And we were like, well, if he's going to chase you with a machete, he's going to a machete. You know, like, nowadays, it's the biggest issue. Like, I look at my little sister, she's like dying from anxiety because she got a B minus on her test. It's like, dude. Go the fuck with the homeless dude and have him come screaming at you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. just rage and like all of a sudden your B minus on this test isn't going to be a big deal. Yeah. Like, something, well, it goes back to like going wrong. parents and stuff like yeah. that. So, well, you know why God made your butt so padded? <laughs> For that. <laughs> uh, do you guys, I mean, do you guys, when you're around your, you know, your nieces and nephews, uh, Paul, do you, do you have any rules for yourself when you're around your child? Oh, yeah. Like what? No cussing. That's a good one. I need to um, that's my biggest one. Um, I have a mouth, and that stemmed from my my great time in the world. Um, but my mouth is the biggest thing. Um, because it's not pleasing to God. The language that I use, like when I play my video games, <laughs> yeah. I, I would hate for the church to hear me downstairs. Yeah. I'm not joking. Yeah. And I'm that is one of my biggest prayers right now is either help me out with this or I have to give this up because yeah. it's making me not pleasing to God. Yeah. He's looking at me going, this isn't my child. Yeah. Like, where is this guy from Sunday to yeah. nighttime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What changed? Yeah, what happened? Yeah. That's where I need to get away, and and I've been struggling with it. My mouth is the biggest thing. Mm. And if I have a mouth like that, my kids hear that, what are, gonna okay. yeah. what are they going to have? They're going to yeah. have a dirtier mouth because these yeah. worldly ways what, right now are a lot dirtier than the what world dad, What dad says, well, I forget too all the time is what I, even in my daughter, what I say, how I treat my wife is going to be how my daughter treats my wife. Or how she expects to be treated by her husband. Yeah. You know what I mean? The way you talk to your spouses, your kids, they're going to take on that same form of verbal communication with everybody else because that's what they hear and that's what they know just yeah. like taking them to church that's what they hear that's what they know they hopefully will stay on that path yeah. which we know we don't yeah everybody strays yeah. everybody even the greatest christian can stray the only person that didn't was jesus christ yeah there you go thanks adam <laughs> what do you got it brother bob in what ways can we assure that our children or nieces and nephews or whatever uh, are shown the proper way. You should keep interjecting the Bible in their life. Uh, I just got like uh, Bible bedtime stories for uh, my niece for her birthday. Um, you know, Ventures and Odyssey, stuff like that. Cause, you know, I'm not over there all the time. They can barely talk right now. But uh, you just, you be that example. You read the Bible to them. Uh, you guys ever heard like catechizing? You guys ever heard of that? No, I've heard of catechism. Yes, yeah, catechism, yeah. So catechize your children. Uh, Catholic children, right? It's well, catechism. Well, it's yeah, Catholic. 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 That's the thing, though. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, <laughs> wait, wait, whoa, whoa. <laughs> don't, don't go there. <laughs> so here's the thing. So, uh, and I don't know exactly what years it was, but in America, uh, they started bringing Sunday school because they, they, these kids weren't, uh, you know, these rural farm kids, they weren't getting any school or anything like that. And they're like, well, we'll just do it on Sundays at church. And uh, so they started Sunday school. And their worry was that, People would quit catechizing their kids. Look where we are today. We don't. Nobody even knows what that is anymore yeah. because what it, it's just quizzing your child through the Bible. Yeah. Uh, and 
so yeah, we don't we don't really like do that at home anymore. Um, I do remember doing like church service with the family, Ooh. but I don't remember them be like, hey, you know, how many days was uh, Noah on the ark? Noah and his family, how long were they on the ark? How many were nights? on the ark? You know, and we're in Sunday school. That's awesome. You know, yeah. we just sit there. And, Try to get the idea. Like, yeah. like we go through a lesson, we're doing the review. Like, all right, guys, how many days was he on the ark? And mostly everybody, including myself, before I read it again, you know, 25 and read it again. It's like, oh, 371 days, not 40. Yeah. Everybody goes, 40. Nope. That's how long it rained. That's how long it rained. That's wow. how, and the that's water correct. rose for 100, you know, and just little, that's I crazy. mean, and obviously that's not like a, you know, a super that was pertinent fact. No, but like it's it's not like a it's not like a pertinent fact that you need to know. But it's all right? the Bible. If you want to get to heaven, you know, you need yeah, to you need to know it's three or seven. But but it's just that attention to detail, and you keep those kids going in that direction. And so, uh, you know, uh, as we get into New Testament books, um, which we really haven't got there yet, but uh, we're getting there. <laughs> it's inquisitive, though. That's the thing yeah. is is if you if you put that that. Uh, it's almost like a quiz for them. If you bring it to them like that, then they're like, oh, let's find out where. Okay, let's find out. And they're going to start looking for it. Yeah. Well, it gives you the and opportunity they, to look right. and they find it for it. them. It's a game for them. Right. Let's, they, let's, they get competitive. Let's, yeah. get the, let's, get the, let's get in the Bible and find out what it Make is. Make it a nice buy game. Yeah. Oh, I found it. Yeah. Well, the thing for me is like reading Pilgrim's Progress. Like That, that was the greatest find ever was somebody re-illustrated the Pilgrim's Progress or story of Christian and Christina. My daughter wants me to read chapters to her and ask me, what is, who, what is faithful mean? What is, what is that word, this particular person's name? What does that mean? I'm like, well, let me, let me Google it and find out and then look it up, you know, Paul Bunyan's interpretation of what it is. And that allows my daughter to understand what it means to be going through Vanity Fair, what it means to go through these, you know, the power of destruction and stuff like that, what that means who the wolf is, that kind of a thing that just opens the door for me to be able to, you know, sing the, the Sunday school song before she goes to bed and have that opportunity to minister to my daughter that way and stop being sarcastic around her when she says something that, yeah, anyways. So I'm going to stop this here and then we'll close the